ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೋಭುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ
Even if the teacher right away says you are limitless, you know, that would not make sense to the listener. Because he doesn't know which you is mentioned here, which you is referred to. When the teacher says you are limitless, it's not that the body is limitless, or the mind is limitless, or the ego is limitless. But the principle that is even the content of the ego, that is limitless, and that is totally unknown to the student. And therefore, if the teacher right away says you are limitless, well, that's not going to make sense. So as someone was asking me, Swamiji, this tattvamasi, that thou art, is this statement the teaching? No. The, the ultimate teaching is only that thou art, meaning thou art limitless. But then the teacher takes a long time to elaborate and unfold the meaning of that. Means God or the cause of the creation. Thou means this individual. Art means both are one or identical. So what is the nature of that or God or the cause of the creation? What is the nature of this jiva or the individual? And what is the nature of the identity between the two? I mean that takes a long teaching. <coughs> and therefore we find here in this Upanishad also, which is referred to in this text, the teacher does not immediately just say that you are limitless, but unfolds the teaching. So now these two disciples are there, Indra and Virochana, and they ask, they requested for the knowledge of the self. And what does the teacher say? Interestingly, Tauha prajāpadahi huvāca Yesho kshini purusho drushyade Yesha atmaiti huvāca Prajāpadahi, the great teacher told them, You know the self that abides in the right eye, that is yourself. So that person or the conscious being that abides in the right eye is yourself. You know, it just... Uh, these are the words. And both of these people understood, okay, etad amrutam, etad abhayam, etad brahmedi. <coughs> and that living conscious being is amrutam, abhayam, he is fearless, he is immortal, he is limitless. The being that abides in the right eye. So both of them apparently understood. Then they asked this question, okay, if the being that obtains the right eye is the self, then how about the being that appears in all all reflecting surfaces, like water? Even in a reflecting surface, like a shining surface, like a, a polished utensil or polished uh, sword, where you see your face. And then the teacher understood that these fellows are not understood what was said. The being that abides in the right eye is the self. What was meant is, what you know, what those fellows thought? That the reflection in the right eye is the self. So each one looked in the eye of the other. You know what did they find? They found his own, the fellow found his own reflection. And therefore each one of them understood that this body that gets reflected in the eye is indeed the self. That's what they understood. The self, or the being that obtains in the right eye is yourself. And so these fellows thought that, okay, the reflection is the self. Because in the eye of well, you cannot see, look in your own eyes, and then where can you look? You will look in the eyes of the other fellow. And each one looked in the eye of the other person, and what did he find? He found his own reflection. Reflection of the self. Which self? Self that is the body. And therefore, they were convinced that what the teacher means, he means is that this body is a self. <coughs> and to confirm this, they even asked, how about the self that is seen in the water? Or how about the self that is seen in the mirror? Or how about the self that is seen in any shining surface? Meaning they are also reflections, are they self? So then the teacher at the moment said, yes, that is all that is the self. The reflection is the self as though. <laughs> and when the teacher found that these fellows are not really grasped, what the teacher meant was, the self that obtains in the right eye, meaning the one who is witnessing through the right eye, or one who is a witness of through the eyes, one who is witnessing everything. It is not the eyes which are witnessing, but eyes are conscious and eyes are able to witness because they shine in the light of the self. So real witness behind all the organs of perception is what? Is the self, the conscious being. And so what the teacher meant to say is that conscious being who is a witness 
behind all the organs of perception is the self. This fellow understood that the one who is reflected in the eye, they just they took the word meaning, I did not understand the implication of the teacher. <coughs> the teacher thought, all right, let me further clarify my statement. So what the teacher did, you know, says, okay, bring a, bring a, uh, a container, a plate full of water. Bring a, a flat plate, flat means a little, uh, a container, a flat container full of water. Bring that. And now you look in there, and what do you find? They again found their own reflection. And he says, well, we find the self in there. And these fellows were actually observing penance for 32 years. They had long hairs, long nails, and all these things, you know, and they were in the, 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 uh, the attire of the ascetics. He says, we find the same person in there with long nails and long hair. And all right. Then the teacher told them, okay, now go and clip your hair, pare your nails, get well dressed, Put on all the ornaments as you do in your in your palace, and then look into the plate of water, plate full of water. So they put on all the ornaments, they pared their nails, they clipped their hair, they were well dressed. Both of them came and then looked in that plate full of water. The teacher says, Now what do you find? Says we find the self in there. What self? Now the self is the one who has put on the ornaments and new clothes and who is without the, you know, the nails are paired and the hair is all clipped. And that is the, the self that we find in there. Actually what the Prajapati, the teacher meant is, these fellows will get some hint. That is the self is immortal. Is, that was the, the definition of the self is immortal, free from old age, death. Obviously he can, he has to be changeless. And now the reflection is constantly changing. When this body has all the beard and the hair and everything else, the reflection also has that. And when the body has all the new clothes and ornaments, the reflection also has that. The reflection is something that is constantly changing, or the body is something that is constantly changing, and that cannot be self. Because body is subject to old age and death, and Atma is supposed to be free from old age and death, so they should have taken the hint that even though Outwardly, it is body that is pointed out as the self. Certainly body cannot be the self because it doesn't satisfy the criterion of the self being beyond old age and death. <coughs> but the fellows never thought and both of them understood that it is the body that is the Atma. That's the teaching of the teacher and both of them went away. Of them, the king of the demons was happy. He went to his kingdom and preached to everybody. That our great teacher has said, this body is the Atma, and therefore, may you worship the body. May you feed it well, may you worship it. And you will be happy in this world as well as hereafter. And the Upanishad remarks that from then on, these demons of the Asuras have the practice of uh, when, when, the, when any person died, along with the dead body, they always supplied a lot of food and lot of clothes and ornaments, thinking that all of these things will be enjoyed by the other, this fellow in the other world. So we find certain practices in Egypt and such places, you know, all, these are all the demoniac practices, thinking that all these things go with the person, that he'll be able to enjoy this food and clothing in the other world. Anyway, now the second one, Indra, however, he walked back, he was also walking back, and in the, on the way he started thinking or deliberating upon what the teacher had taught them or what they had understood from the teaching. They had understood, he had understood that this body is a self. Because they said that the one who appears in the right eye is a self. Or the one who appears in the plate full of water, reflection is a self. And so Indra thought that the teacher meant that this reflection is a self. Then he started thinking. If the reflection is the self, Atma, then he says, well, when this one, this one, that means his body was well ornamented, then the self also was well ornamented. When this one was well dressed, the self also was well dressed. 
Then he says, suppose this one becomes blind, then that also will become blind. Suppose this one dies, then that one also will die. Then it dawned on him, that self is ajaraha vijaraha vimrutyuhu. It was declared that the self is devoid of old age and death. And he found that what he understood to be self, namely the reflection, it cannot be Atma or the self because it is subject to old age and death. If this one gets old, that reflection, that Atma also gets old. If this one dies, then that self also will die. He says, no, this cannot be right. Certainly the teacher could not have taught this. Maybe there is something wrong in what I understood. He had the faith in the teacher, trust in the teacher. That what the teacher has taught cannot be wrong. And therefore, he questioned his own understanding of the teaching. And he thought that, no, there is something that I have not understood in there. And therefore, he went back. <coughs> then the teacher welcomed him. Well, again he went back to the teacher, Prajapati, and observed penance for 32 more years. 32 years of the gods. And then at the end of 32 years, Again, Prajapati, the teacher asks him, asks Indra, he says, uh, you had gone away, so you had gone away, no, as, as Indra went back, Prajapati says, you had gone away with, with Virochana, thinking that you know everything, how come you have come back? Then Indra presented the difficulty that, I found that the self is well dressed, when this body is well dressed, the self is well ornamented, when the body is well ornamented, that means the self will be blind when this body is blind, and self will die when this body dies. I don't see, I think there is something wrong in my understanding here. Then the teacher says, okay, now observe penance for 32 years, then I'll tell you. So already 32 years of penance, another 32 years of penance. After 32 years, then the teacher calls him and says, Next teaching is given. You know, the one who experiences the dream, who experiences the glory of the dream, that is the self. Okay, Indra thought that he is understood. Meaning, now what does he understand? The one who is a dreamer is a self. With that understanding, he walked away. Then, he said, yeah, that's right. Now, the dreamer is not affected by the condition of the gross body. He says, this is right, that even with this fellow, here there is this gross body becomes blind, the dreamer does not become blind. When this one becomes old, the dreamer doesn't become old. And therefore, the condition of the gross body do not affect the atma, the self, which he thought was dreamer. <coughs> but, he found that the dreamer very often weeps in the dream, very often he suffers pleasure and pain, very often he is threatened with death, and sometimes people even experience death in the dream. And therefore, that kind of the self who is immortal, who is free from old age and death, and therefore, I think there is something wrong here. So he comes back, and again reported, Rajapati says, why have you come back? So Indra reports back to him, that yes it is true, that the self, that is the dreamer, <coughs> doesn't become blind by the blindening of this body or or doesn't suffer from other difficulties when this body is suffering. But that self very often suffers the pleasure and pain. Very often he is attacked. Very often he weeps. Even sometimes he dies. So definitely that cannot be the self that you said who is immortal, who is free from old age and death. So that cannot be the self. Okay. Prajapati says, Again, live here for another 32 years. And then I will tell you. So now what? 96 years. At the end of this other 32 years, Prajapati again called him and told him. He says, Tadyatraeta suptaha samastaha saprasannaha svapnam vijanadi esha atma. Then the Prajapati says, This one who is fast asleep in the deep sleep, so, Prasanna, who is totally happy, who doesn't see any dream, he is a self. <laughs> then Indra goes away with an understanding, again on his way things are all right. It is true that now if this one is blind, that one is not the bl not blind. 
that self definitely is free from even the effect of time and space. But then he says, what is there in the deep sleep state? He doesn't even know himself, he doesn't know anything at all. So even if he is enjoying happiness, he just doesn't know anything. That cannot be the self, because it was said that the one who gains the knowledge of the self attains all the happiness. He says, there is something wrong here. Again he comes back. Then the teacher tells him, now you are essentially pure in your heart. And therefore, observe penance for five years. That makes it 101 years of penance. At that time, then after five years, then Prajapati tells him, Magavan Martyamva idam shariram atam rityuna Hey Indra, this body is Martyam, meaning it is mortal. Atamvai mrityuna, it is always in the jaws of death. Tadasya mrutasya sharirasya asharirasya atmana adhishthanam this body is merely a place of manifestation for the self who is immortal. Body is not the self. Body is a place of manifestation of the immortal self. Who is bodiless? Meaning who is devoid of the body. But this body becomes a place of manifestation of the self. <coughs> and the one who is identified with the body, he can never become free from attraction and repulsion or raga and dvesha. priya priyabhyam one who is identified with the body is always in the jaws of this priya and a priya meaning the raga and dvesha, the likes and dislikes, attraction and repulsion. As long as one is identified with this body, there is no way that one can become free from this attraction and repulsion, meaning the influence of the pairs of opposites. Asariram vavasantam na priya on the other hand, one who has discovered the self, who is other than the body, and one who has thus given up the identification with the body, he is called Asharirah. Sasharirah is the one who is identified with the body. Asharirah is the one who has given up the identification with the body. So one who has given up the identification with the body, one who knows the self that is devoid of the body, he is never affected by or never inflicted by the pairs of opposites such as likes and dislikes or attraction and repulsion, pleasure and pain, heat and cold, honor and dishonor, he becomes totally free from these pairs of opposites. Meaning, he becomes free from samsara. Samsara is nothing but dvandva. And when one gives up the identification of the body, meaning the gross and the subtle bodies, then one becomes free from the influence of the dvandva. And thus Indra understood that the self is, the gross body is not the self, which is a waker. The subtle body is not the self, that is the dreamer. The ignorance is not the self, that is the sleeper. The self is someone that is beyond the gross, subtle and the causal body. His awareness that is devoid of the identification of the body. And that awareness is free from the influence of time and space. Free from the afflictions of pleasure and pain. Free from afflictions of all the pairs of opposites. This is how Indra, at the fourth Instruction. Gain the yathartha jnanam or the knowledge of a self as it is. First, he came to understand the waker to be the self. Second, meaning the gross body. Secondly, he came to understand the dreamer to be the self, the subtle body. Thirdly, he came to understand the deep sleeper to the self, the causal body. And then he understood that the self is really beyond the gross, subtle and the causal body. And this is how he knew himself as Asharirah, as free from this gross, subtle and causal bodies. <coughs> and this is how again, what we call Aparokshajnanam or the immediate knowledge of the self. Chatur, so Chaturvaram Gurum Yayau, four times Indra went to the teacher. So, first three times he was not satisfied, the fourth time when his mind was ready, then he could understand the instruction. The self is that this body is a place where the self manifests. Like the bulb is a place where the electricity manifests. One who does not know the nature of electricity may think that this bulb is electricity or this light is electricity. He is to be told that electricity is bulbless, lightless. Bulb is subject to fusion, subject to breaking down, subject to birth and death. Electricity is free from birth and death and fusion or anything. 
And similarly also, as long as one takes his bulb to be electricity, so long there's always a fear of breaking down, fear of death. And similarly also this body, meaning this upadi, the gross subtle and the causal bodies, are the places of manifestation of the self. In the presence of this body is the cause for the superimposition of the body to be the self. That is the cause for the error. And one has to recognize the superimposition of dhyasa. And this is how the fact was pointed out that the, self, the, the, the sense that you have that you are mortal, the sense that you have that you are subject to birth and death, is not because you are really subject to birth and death, but because you are identified with this body. Which body is a place of the manifestation of the consciousness, but is not consciousness, is not the self. And thus, elaborately, the teacher unfolded the nature of the self and slowly and slowly directed the student to the true self, for the Atma and Atma Viveka. And thus, Indra gained the Aprokshiknyanam or the true or the immediate knowledge of the self. <coughs> this whole story is referred to in the verse 67 here. Parokshena vibuddhendra ya atme tyadilakshanat aparokshi kartamichan chaturvaram gurum yayav. Indraha yatma apahatapapma vijaraha vimratihu vishoka hityadi vakya pradipadhidhen lakshena atmanam parokshataya avagatya earlier having gained the general knowledge Indra came to know the self in a general way vicharat shariratraya nirakarena by vichara meaning by the inquiry shariratraya nirakarena by nirakaranam meaning badhanam having recognized that shariratraya the gross, sudden and the causal bodies, both of them are anatma, non-self. Tat sakshat karnaya. And then the self was recognized as that which is free from the gross, subtle and the causal bodies. Tat sakshat karnaya. In order to know the self, immediately, gurum brahmanam chaturvaram upasannaha. He approached the teacher properly four times. Ichandogyopanishadi. This is what we, this is what the Shruti says in the 8th chapter of Chandogya Upanishad. The idea is that the Aparokshagnanam or this immediate knowledge is born as a result of a long deliberation. So when you first hear, unless this, the statement of the Shruti, the statement of the scriptures and the statement of the teacher have to be subjected to a long deliberation on the part of the student. And as a result, Ultimately, what we call aparokshagnyanam or the immediate or the true knowledge takes place. <coughs> Says here, in the, before the verse 68, Iranim aitareya shritavapi taddarshayati. In the verse 68, author shows how the very same method, how first parokshagnyanam or general knowledge takes place. And then, when the, the statement of the scriptures are subjected to a close scrutiny, then tatpari ninaya, or that immediate knowledge takes place. So, that same method is employed in Aitare Upanishad. Upanishad also is being said in the, in the verse 68. Atma va idam Paroksham Brahma Lakshidam Paroksham Brahma Lakshidam Adhyaro Papa Vada Bhyam Adhyaro Papa Vada Bhyam Pragnanam Brahma Darshidam Pragnanam Brahma Darshidam Atmava Idam Ityalo it refers to the very first statement of the Aitare Upanishad. As the Tikagara says here, Atmava idameka eva grasid nanyat kinchan mishada idi anena vakyena brahmana lakshanam abhidaya. Aitare Upanishad starts with this statement, Atmava idameka eva grasid nanyat kinchan mishada anyat kinchidavi kriyavan nabhuvaidi bhavaha. That Atma, the Self, why indeed, Idameka Eva Grasit, 
In the beginning, there was only this self, one without a second. There was nothing else other than the self. In this manner, the self of the Atma is presented as the Jagat Karanam or the cause of the creation. That there is a self. This whole universe, before its creation, was called only what? Atma. Chandogya Upanishad says, Sadeva Somme This whole universe before its creation was called Sat. Aitaya Upanishad says, This whole universe before its creation was called Atma. Meaning in the word I, the whole universe was included before the creation or manifestation of this multiplicity. Meaning that, this multiple creation that we see, consisting of the names and forms, is nothing but a projection upon the self. That's the idea. Nanyat kinchana mishata saikshata lokaanna sujayari Now the adhyaropa. So adhyaropa apavadabhyam. The verse 68 says, adhyaropa apavadabhyam. By the process of adhyaropa and the process apavada. What is adhyaropa? Adhyaropa is superimposing this creation upon the self. <coughs> And apavada is falsifying or negation. So the method of the teaching that is employed in the Upanishads is that first of all there is what they call adhyaropa or superimposition. It is shown how the whole creation came into being. The whole creation before any, this, the whole universe before its creation was just the self. One without a second. And then shows how the whole creation came about from the self. Saikshada lokana suja iti. That self of the Atma, Ikshada deliberated. May I create the lokas? May I create the worlds? And thus, four worlds were created. The earth, the intermediate world, the heavens, and what we call the nether worlds. Pagala, then Prusiri, Antariksha, and then Swarga. These four worlds were created. And very interestingly, Aitareya Upanishad, just for your information, describes the creation process. <coughs> then Atma further deliberated. Okay, I created all these worlds alright. I must create the protectors of the world. Meaning those who will protect these worlds. Let me create them. Lokapalana Sujayadi. And then, in order to further create the world, what, what that Purusha or the Atma did? Sahadhyayva Purusham Samudhratya Amurchet. The process that he said is, there was nothing but the water, meaning the five elements. From the five elements, that one lump was made, a universal lump. The imagination here is that, in the beginning, a lump of the nature of the person, the human, human form was created from these five elements. And then, this self or the Purusha or the Paramatma deliberated upon that. And then, from this first person, his different openings, they started. So first of all, the mouth opened. And from the mouth, the speech and the God fire came out. And then the nose, the two nose, nostrils opened. And from that, the organ of smell and the Devata Vayu came out. And the two eyes opened. And from that, the, sun, the organ of sight and the surya came out. This is the description how the different faculties and different devutas came out. <coughs> and then, those devutas told him that now please give us a place where we can remain and we can gain various experiences. And so, this Purusha, the, the self, the, the, the primordial being, he created different forms for these devutas, different forms of these faculties. First, a cow was formed and was presented to them. So, here is a form for you. You can enter this form and gain your experiences. The Devata says, no, this is not enough for us. Then a horse was created and presented before them. They said, no, no, this is also not adequate. And thus, all kinds of forms must have been created. So, the process of evolution. And ultimately, the human form was created and presented before these people, Devatas. They said, yes, this is really very well done. This is fine, this is a beautiful creation. Then, the creator says, okay, in that case, you enter this form and take your respective positions, places. 
And so the fire, along with the organ of speech, entered the mouth. The vayu, the air, along with the organ of smell, entered the nostrils. The sun, along with the organ of uh, the, the sight, entered the eyes. And thus different devatas, along with different faculties, entered those respective locations. And now we have a complete being with all the faculties. Except the creator, the self is still outside. And then he thinks, oh then next he thinks, says, okay, I have created the worlds, I have created also the protectors of the world. Now I have to create the food for these people because they have to gain experiences. An interesting story. From the waters again, he made a lump and created the food. And as soon as this food saw these different devatas, knowing that they are going to consume me, that food started running away. Story. Now the food started running away. This very first person who was formed, he tried to catch that food <coughs> by speech. Many called the food. But the food did not come. And that's the reason why even today also, merely by uttering the word food, our hunger doesn't get appeased. Then he tried to catch that food by the organ of smell. The food could not be caught. And so he could not consume the food by organ of smell. That's the reason why today also, merely by smelling food, your hunger cannot be appeased. Then he tried to catch the food by the organ of sight. But it did not come. Meaning by seeing the food, you cannot appease your hunger. And it's all the different faculties where, that is how they must have been created, perhaps. In response to the food that is there, to all the, the objects of enjoyment that are there, all different organs of perception must have come into being in response to the different objects that are there, regardless. Finally, by the Apanavayu, or that, that um, the, the faculty by which you consume the food, and swallow it inside. That's why upon by that faculty he tried to catch the food and he could catch the food and that's how today also whenever you want to eat the food you always bring in that faculty by which the food comes in the mouth and then you swallow it. <coughs> so food also is created. So now the person is created, all faculties are created, all the adhisthana devatas or the presiding deities are created, the food also is created. Devoid of the self. And then, he looking at this, now the self, you know, he deliberates. So, ikshada kasanvidam madhrudesyadati. He, he deliberated, how will this be without me? Now you can imagine, all these faculties, full faculties, like body, mind, everything is there. All the sense organs are there. All the functioning is possible, but the self is not there. And the self thinks, how can this be without me? Meaning, if I am not there as the one who is behind all the activities, then how the sense organs etc. are going to become enlivened and perform their functions? Meaning, I am required there to enliven all these faculties. Or, these faculties are performing different actions like the eyes see beautiful objects, the nose smells beautiful things, the tongue tastes beautiful things, for whom? Not for the sake of tongue or the nose or the eyes, but all these faculties gain the knowledge of the different objects for the sake of someone else who is the enjoyer or the bhokta, the self. And therefore, even the activities of the sense organs will not be, uh, will not be meaningful unless there is an enjoyer, the self is there. Thinking so, the self entered this body. And that is how now <coughs> we have the individual self identified with this. This is how what we call the jiva is created. <coughs> and then this fellow thinks, having entered, see the Tikakar also says here, iti anena, itopra, tasya trahe avasataha, trahe swapnaha, ayam avasataha, ayam avasataha, I am avasadha iti. Having entered this body, identified with this body and all the faculties, now this self has three states, the waking, the dream and the deep sleep. (coughs) 
This is how, this is called samsara consisting of these three states. Thus the self or the atma became samsari. Not really, but on account of identification with this equipment, with the faculties. Sajataha bhutani abhivyaikhyata kimayhanyam vavdishadhiti And then he sajataha bhutani abhivyaikhyata kimayhanyam vavdishadhiti then he started thinking. So this is called Adhyaropa, understand? This part is called Adhyaropa. What is Adhyaropa? Upon the self, the whole creation is there and the body and everything is there, the identification is there, the Jivatvam is there. So Jivatvam or Samsaritvam is Adhyaropa. The sense of individuality is the Adhyaropa or the superimposition. And now the Apavada or the negation process began. Sajataha Bhutani Abhivyaikhyada. Then he started deliberating. Abhivyaikhyada. Meaning, Vishayadavan, Vivekena, Gnyatavan. He started a discriminative inquiry. Kimeha Anyam Vavadishada. What else do I see here? Is there something other than me? So he says, Kimeha Anyat Vavadishada. Is there something other than me here? Then he discovered that he, the self alone, is the reality and everything else alone, in fact, is only name and form or unreal. Meaning discovered that his body or the mind or the intellect or the gross, subtle and the causal bodies are not really the self and they are not apart from the self. That means they do not enjoy an independent reality. I am the only self enjoying the independent reality. And thus, he discovered himself to be free from the gross, subtle and the causal bodies. This process is called apavada or negation. To discover that the gross body I am not. That it is only by superimposition that I superimpose the selfhood upon this gross body or the subtle body or the causal body. And thus negating the selfhood of the gross, subtle and causal body is called apavada. Adhyaropa apavada bhyam. In this manner, he came to know his true self as what? Sayetameva Purusham Brahma Tatamam Apashyat Idam Adarshamiti. And then he discovered his own self, not merely as of the nature of the, of the, of the dimension of the body, Tatamam meaning Tatatamam. He discovered the self as the all-pervasive Brahma, the limitless. <coughs> and that's how we recognize the identity between the self and Brahman, the limitless. <laughs> Then the Tikagara says that Punascha Purushe Hava Ityadina Jnana Sadhana Vairagya Jananaya Garvavasa Dukham Pradashya Again the Aitare Upanishad shows how the person has to be born and what's the process of birth and how the whole life is nothing but full of pain and that is how developing Vairagya for this life of birth and death. Koyama Atmayati Vayam Upasmahe Ityadina Vicharena And then the inquiry begins, what is the nature of the self? What is it because of which one sees, one hears, one thinks, one speaks? That's the question that is asked there. And ultimately, they come to know that it is awareness or prajnanam because of which one performs all these functions. And all the different thoughts and the names and forms is nothing but prajnanam or awareness. And thus he discovers prajnanam brahma. Prajnanam means awareness or the self is nothing but brahma or limitless. So, in Aitareya Upanishad also, as the teacher shows, that this teaching, as it slowly and slowly the student subjects these statements of the teacher to the vichara or the deliberation, and then ultimately comes to know the self as limitless. In the beginning there is parokshanyanam or general knowledge. And as he pursues the inquiry, as long as it is necessary, avagadi paryantam jnanam, ultimately the knowledge takes place that the self is limitless. And thus, he, having given different illustrations, illustrations from different Upanishads. The author shows how the same style is pursued by the different Upanishads in that first there is Parokshagnanam and as a result of the Vichara, Aparokshagnanam. <coughs> okay, with this now we can proceed to the verse 69. Uktanyayam itarasu shrutishwabhi atidishadi the same rule that in the beginning there is parokshagnanam, ultimately aparokshagnanam, 
that is the rule or the same or I mean the same method also is applicable to Itarasu, Shrutishu, other Upanishads also, Atidishati, the same Nyaya or the rule is extended to other Upanishads also. Says in the verse sixty-nine. Avantarena Vakena Avantarena Vakena Paroksha Brahmadhir Bhavet Paroksha Brahmadhir Bhavet Sarvatraiva Mahavakya Sarvatraiva Mahavakya Vicharada Parokshadhi Vicharada Parokshadhi In all the Upanishads Avantarena Vakyena Paroksha Brahmadhi Bhavet The Upanishad Vakyas or the various statements of the Upanishads are broadly classified in two categories. One is called Avantaravakyam, other is called Mahavakyam or Mukhyavakyam. Avantaravakyam is what we call secondary statements or supposed revealing the identity are only a few. Maybe only one in a given Upanishad or sometimes two or three. And the rest of the Upanishad is nothing but an unfoldment of this Mahavakya. As we just said, Tattvamasi, that thou art, is the Mahavakya, the principal statement. And the Upanishad will spend a lot of time explaining the meaning of what we call Tat or Brahma. Then explain the meaning of Tvam or this Jiva or the individual. And Asi, that thou art, explaining the meaning of what is meant by the identity between Jiva and Brahma. And so it is not merely a statement that thou art, but the statement is expanded and elaborated. So all the other teaching, which first of all explain the meaning of Tat or Brahma, is called Avantaravakya. All the teaching also which unfolds the nature of Jiva or Tvam or individual also is secondary, Avantaravakya. And finally only that statement which reveals the identity between the two, between individual Jiva and Brahman the limitless, that alone is called Mahavakya. So by the Avantaravakya he says, Avantarena Vakyena Paroksha Brahmadihi Bhavet. Brahmadihi means Brahmagnyanam. Paroksha Brahmadihi means Paroksham Brahmagnyanam. So by Avantaravakya, meaning Satyam Gnyanam Anantam Brahma, or Sadeva Somya Idamagrasi Dekameva Dvitiyam. He Somya, this whole universe was one non-dual self, one non-dual sat or existence before its creation. These kind of vakyas are called avantar vakyas because they reveal either tat or tvam. And therefore, by when we listen to these vakyas, then parokshagnyanam or a general knowledge takes place. And when the student listens to the mahavakya tattvamasi and then contemplates upon that, then the parokshagnyanam or the direct or immediate knowledge of the self takes place. <coughs> Says footnote number one, Swarupa Bodhakam Vakyam Avantar Vakyam Itha Satyam Jnana Manantam Brahmaityadikam. Even that Vakya, Satyam Jnana Manantam also is called Avantar Vakyam because it only reveals the Tatpada. <coughs> Yatova Imani Bhutani Jayante, where Brahman is presented as Jagatkaram, also Avantar Vakyam. All the Sushti, all the Vakyas are description of creation, all of that is called Avantar Vakyam. Even all the description of suffering of the individual also is only avantaravakyam or the secondary statements. But there are unreal things. Even though the Upanishad describes elaborately the process of creation, the tatpariya or the intention is not really in describing creation. That's the reason why every Upanishad employs its own method of describing how the creation came about. Every Upanishad has its own unique method. And if you compare them, you find that all of them are irrelevant or they are all contradictory. Therefore, when the Upanishad here, the scripture, describes creation, the intention is not to describe a scientific creation or real creation, only to say that this creation is unreal, what there is is Brahman alone. Sarvam Khaluidam Brahman. All there is is Brahman. This creation is not apart from Brahman. Creation does not enjoy an independent reality. All there is, is Brahman alone. That is what is sought to be conveyed through the description of creation. And so all the description therefore is supposed to be Avantaravakya only, 
secondary or supporting statements. That's the reason why we do not go into those details or try to, try to actually test them by scientific accuracy. But the only way we have to look upon them, that they are all models, which models are intended to convey that the effect, namely the creation, is not apart from the cause, namely Brahman. <coughs> and similarly also when they describe the samsara, they derive three states, he is a waker and he is a dreamer and a deep sleeper. As, as uh, Aitari Upanishad describes, Chandogya describes, uh, Mandukya describes, all the Upanishads also describe these things. Soyam Atma Chitushpad so all this Jagaridasthana, one who obtains in the state of waking, whose consciousness is always outward, external or extrovert. This is the waker is described, the dreamer is described, the deep sleeper is described, even in the Mandakya Upanishad. All of these will be called Avantaravakya because they primarily only describe the individual. Ultimately they say that, you know, uh, what is it? Nantaf Pragnam, Nabahish Pragnam, Nobhaitaf Pragnam. And when the true nature of the self is revealed, it is revealed to be awareness that is limitless. And that becomes Mukhya or Mahavakyam. Sarvatraiva Mahavakya Vicharad Aparokshadihi. Sarvatra mean, meaning Sarvat Sarvasu Shrutishu. In all the Shrutis, in all the Upanishads, by Mahavakya, meaning by the statement which reveals the identity between the Jiva and, and, and Brahma, by that alone, Aparokshadihi. Then alone one sees the true nature of oneself directly and immediately. This is a style that is employed by the Upanishad in unfolding the true nature of the self. <coughs> and how it is done? In the subsequent verses, the author here discusses by reference to another text called the Vakya Vritti. Here, uh, this author here discusses how these statements of the Upanishad create Pasparokshagnyanam or general knowledge and Aparokshagnyanam, immediate knowledge. That is a discussion that is taken up next, which we'll take up tomorrow. <coughs> Om Purnamadav Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavantau Punaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vatvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Guru Namaha Hari Om